Hello and welcome to episode 67 of Feckin' Metal. I'm your host, Fergal Trainer. Earlier this week I put out an episode where at the opening of said episode I mentioned uh, the reasons why I haven't been releasing anything recently for the last number of weeks anyway and in general releases of episodes have been sporadic throughout 2022 and even back into 2021 as well. Uh, I mentioned how the thrill had gone, how I'd lost my self-confidence and how I wasn't able to motivate myself to release any new episodes or come up with any new material for Feckin' Metal. On the back of that, many people contacted me to express similar concerns they've had themselves. Some podcasters who you'd be familiar with, some Twitter friends who you would probably interact with if you're listening to this and you're on Twitter. Generally, just a lot of people saying that they'd experienced the same feelings, the same issues in their own creativity or in other aspects or areas of their lives. And to those people, I'd like to say a genuine, heartfelt thank you. All of your posts and comments made me feel a whole lot better about where I am, about where I have been, and made me feel more positive about the future. With that in mind, here for the first time in, I couldn't tell you how long, I'm going to do a second episode of Feckin' Metal in one week. This is another episode that has been in the can for quite some time. It's actually a nice time of the year to release this as it's a review with my friend Kevin Daly, who you should be familiar with if you've been listening to Feckin' Metal for a while. And it covers a very interesting and um, eventful train journey from Dublin to Belfast, where me, Kevin, uh, my girlfriend Elaine, Andrew De Bruy, who you know very well, and his fiance, who's now his wife, Chelsea, got the train from Dublin to Belfast to go to see Iron Maiden in Ormo Park in June of 2022. And uh, the characters we encountered along the way, the conflicts we got into, and just the general merriment of our group and people we met along the way as well. We met up with Melissa from Metal Trap with Melissa and other friends uh, who had travelled up from Dublin, various other people as well. Uh, Dan Mortimer as well, former Feckin' Metal alumnus too. So it was um, a conversation that we had back in August, as I said, and just listening to it now recently this week, reminds me of what a fantastic trip it was and uh, I think you should all get to hear about it as well and that was the intention I just never got around to releasing it so I drop in on the conversation uh, during a point where Kevin and I are discussing the really recent uh, tour merch from Iron Maiden the t-shirts and uh, the sizes the quality and all that and he speaks about how he missed out on going to see Iron Maiden in Gothenburg just to lend some contact just to lend some context fucking house alarms again just to lend some context to um the conversation which starts kind of abruptly. I was going to cut that bit about the t-shirts out, but I said, fuck it, we all talk about heavy metal t-shirts and sizes and whether the quality is any good or whatever. So I said I'd leave it in, especially Iron Maiden t-shirts, which are scrutinised heavily under the microscope. So there you go. Yep, I hope you enjoy it. Ah, fantastic. How do, how do you find a size, actually? I thought they were a bit smaller than normally uh, be used to. I just check what size this is. Yeah, this this is an XL. Um, it's perfect for me, but I've just stopped getting large. Even if it's but like, uh, even as an XL, do you think it's like a smaller XL or a, like a normal XL? I would have thought normal. I, I just felt the large was a bit small, as a large, if you know what I mean. But I do notice uh, the fabric. And, is this the one you got, yeah? Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is um, the fabric because I didn't get someone picked it up for me. I went to got Merck. I didn't know they were getting it. Um, Sarah yeah. asked her to get it, and, and she gave it to me as a surprise. I was like, no way. Mm. But um, the fabric in this is different to the uh, writing the woman. It's like soft or something. Same with this. Yeah, the, the, very, very soft. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I just thought it's funny because I thought they'd all be made in the same thing. Around. Yeah, so did I. I. I felt that the my large one was maybe a bit smaller than a, a traditional large. <laughs> Also, and also that the fabric was very soft. But, uh, it's yeah. not the case of, you know, the way when you're in the shop, sometimes large and extra large are actually different make. <laughs> but I, I found that in that shop where I got like your, um, the beer, like the Falcon t-shirts. Oh, yeah, you were saying. Someone, yeah. And he's told me that he goes, the XLs are made by a different thing, just be aware. Or the one in Liverpool had that issue too, a lot of times. XL or L would be different um, uh, brands that make them, which is funny. But yeah, I looked at this, that is a, but the writing on the moment is also class. So I was very happy to get this. I was nearly that was I was nearly as sad about not getting the opportunity to get this as I was as missing the gig. It's funny. <laughs> huh. 
I was just so spent by the time the gig came and then Sarah was even more so because to be honest I've been fucking away every weekend like pretty much yeah in July like so so it was kind of like I would have loved to find and I really like if there was a proper after party now just uh, just the timing I was just like because I've started to realize even like a trip to Gothenburg is a trip away from me like it's fucking five hours at least traveling the yeah. hotel would have been like three two three hundred Jonas, mm. it turns out, didn't go either in the end. <laughs> he had to take no. it. So PP just went, but he lives near Gothenburg now. Did PP so, go on his own? No, nah, it was with his mental 65-year-old partner. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> but of like, course. Um, I mean, the, and I would have wanted to go as well, even the main, more so for nearly the after party as well, which would have been like fucking London. Well, mm. without everyone with me, but but like they would have mm. had a maiden cover band. You know? mm. But yeah, it was just one of those things. It was the time and the place. And like, yeah. But uh, Sarah found this good site that I'd never heard of. Um, was it Tickets Tout or something? Ticket Swap, Ticket Swap. So I sold the ticket um, and it doesn't allow you to sell it for more than 10% higher than the cost price anyway. So, mm. well, I guess touts can be on it to buy the tickets, but it means you can't sell them for extortion. I just sold it for below cost price so that with the added fees, it ended up being cost price to go yeah. water. And it yeah. sold like in two days because so, I yeah. I just accepted the ticket was gone and Sarah was like, "Well, you could try to sell it." Yeah, I was like, I was like "How?" Yeah. There's a, there's a great one in Ireland called Toutless. Uh, yeah, I, I know about it before. But, uh, yeah. but, uh, it's just Ireland. Isn't it? it's, I, I think it it's just yeah. Ireland. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's right, talk so, about stuff. Right. Here. So, so it doesn't have to be a formal fucking podcast, whatever. But um, yeah. let's talk about Iron Maiden in Belfast. Let's talk about stuff. Yeah. How um. Thing. Talk about you. Uh, right, so you, you, <laughs> you were traveling over from Sweden to Belfast to go to Iron Maiden. How, how did that go? Um, well, I have to actually remember my time and place in life at this point. So Belfast, was it May or June? It was June. June, wasn't it? It was just before Coven Hill. 9th of June, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The first gig that set it all off in the summer uh, Summer face. Uh, so was it the ninth of I've, June? No, no it that's wasn't not the ninth. What it was. I flew to Dublin for the weekend. It was the thirteenth of June. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah, I was back in Dublin, wasn't I? So I came back on the Friday to just family time and um, mm. did like a cycle on the Sunday that was meant to do with my dad and stuff. Uh, but then some Monday, yeah. Then I just got the train to town and met you guys in the Connolly Station, Central Station in Dublin. Yes. For those who don't know, and then. Then it was tr- then the, the beauty of a, a train trip before a gig. It was train bus. Well, I, I was going to say train bus, but there was a bit of a dent at the start, wasn't there? Right. Well, firstly, though, we, we, we met Andrew and Chelsea in uh, yeah, Andrew and Chelsea. Yeah. Conley Station. They were coming over from Canada. Me and Elaine had spent mm. the last two days uh, whining and dining. No, not, not, not necessarily Living whining and dining. Huh? <laughs> but uh, bringing them around Dublin and having a good time and a uh, I actually lost my phone on one of those nights because I was shit-faced. And to this day, I don't really know what happened to it. But anyway. Just um, for, the, for reference, <clears throat> there was a forum for people on that trip with Dan Mortimer as well, actually. Oh, Dan. Sorry, Dan was over as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. so Dan and, came to um, as well. But just that night it was lost. It was very funny because I, I was completely like, off the grid really just doing family stuff until the Monday but I was on the forum so I just saw these these texts of like Elena trainers missing <laughs> so at two in the, uh, or half one in the morning like he's you know I, I, he I, hasn't come home. <laughs> I acted the complete bollocks so I right a couple of things happened one I lost my phone two I got severe backache that night and like I was I was kind of like hobbling around the place and then yeah. Three, I got into an argument with Elaine and yeah. like a, a a proper row, blazing row, yeah, and happens. I on, and I walked off and yeah. um, we parted uh, in I don't know, yeah, in town. It was Connolly, Street, wasn't it, or something? But then, like immediately, I, I kind of realized the error of my ways. But I had no phone, so I just got a taxi back to hers, and she yeah. was there. And it was okay. It was all okay. Yeah, yeah. It was, so, so they basically, it, it was probably an hour but, of, uh, in the form of her, like, I'm worried. But then I remember at about two, half two, it was like, he's just coming the door. And I just remember laughing. Oh, we, we've so. been drinking for like four days in a row. And, and that oh, particular day, messy. like, oh, so, yeah. so many hours of drinking. Anyway, uh, so yeah, we were all having a crack. Dan as well. Dan ended up going to Belfast a bit and earlier than the rest of us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, which we question, but uh, <laughs> yeah, got sure. a joke out of Dan's gonna Dan. Dan's going. Dan. <laughs> yeah, Dan's going. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we we all 
met in Connolly Station and yep. uh, the buzz to, to of get the, the train to get the right. train. And the, the, the beauty of Irish Rail, of course, is when you pre-book your tickets and you have your name on the seat, there's never any issues whatsoever. You just walk onto the train and you can <laughs> sit in the exact seat that you booked. The Irish Rail people have gotten to you too. <laughs> But of course, that wasn't the case. And it never is the case with uh, Irish Rail because it's a fucking shit show run by clowns. I and say, we... Yeah. I was saying it to my dad, though, and he raised the point. So does that mean that the trains are oversold? Like, just way less seats than they sell tickets for? I don't think just so, right? one or two carriages are crowned and the others are fine. Yeah, so like just them. to give this context, I don't think the train was oversold. And I don't think in general the trains are oversold. What I do think is that one person goes in and sits in the wrong seat. And it starts a domino effect of people yeah. saying, oh, well, there's somebody in my seat. I can't sit there, even though your name is above the fucking seat in yeah. like digitally. So they sit in another seat. And then when the person goes to go to that seat, they're like, oh, there's somebody sitting yeah. in that seat. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, so like, but so that's what I mean. The- Do you think the illusion, because it did look like, you know, there's way, loads of people standing and all the seats are full. Do you think the illusion is just it's, there is empty seats in other characters? See, all all the seats weren't like, really full. Like there were, there were spare seats one. here. Yeah, yeah there were spare. One. And so did I eventually. There were spare yeah. seats here, there and everywhere. But like sections of the four mm. seats, you know, there'd like be a four seat kind of like... um. I don't know, like yeah, uh, facing um, each other, set up with a yeah. Table. What what would yeah. you call that? Like uh, a boot a or something like boot. that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they like two out of four were full, three out of four were full. So you're not going to sit down beside three people with your bags and all that shit. So yeah, we got on the train and um, there were there were people sitting in our seats and there was one particularly belligerent Northern Irish mm. woman. It was like, I'm not moving, and, and me and Elaine were like. Me and Elaine were like, right, but I mean, you're sitting in our seat. That's our name there above the, the seat. Yeah. Like, was there was someone sitting in our seats? And like Elaine was giving her fucking what for? And I also yeah. said like, well, you should have fought for that seat like we are doing now. You yeah. should have fought for your seat like we're fighting for our seat. She's like, everyone's in the same boat. I'm sorry, I have nothing against people from Northern Ireland, but like she happened to be from there, so it's enjoyable yeah. to do her accent. Set on the well, character. Yeah. <laughs> like, everyone's in the same boat. And I was like, well, they're not. We're not in that boat because we don't have a seat. So yeah. fucking get up. Yeah. <laughs> and she wouldn't get up. And she was, was... being an absolute gee bag. And, uh, and then every just... single person who wanted to get on the train and was queuing behind her was a massive fucking queue behind us. Really impatient people. Like this was at the start of the carriage. Our seats were at the start of the carriage. And like everyone was on a good buzz going to see Iron Maiden, wearing all their Iron Maiden t shirts, drinking, etc. And this was just wrecking the buzz. She wasn't going to Maiden anyway, was she? Or, or no, they were going back to they were back going back to Northern Ireland. Yeah. yeah. Uh, from they've been in Dublin, they're going back to Northern Ireland. And our friends were just like, I'll get up, I'll get up, I don't care. Yeah, the two lads were nearly mortal. mortal the problem was though, like <laughs> this the seat section that she was in, her seat and the seat beside her where mine and Elaine's seats and the two lads were in seats that weren't booked by yep. us. But like, they were like, I'll get up. I don't care. I just want this, you know, I want this to be over. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, they were they, exactly, they were mortified. And she was like, well, I'm not getting up. And we were just like, Fuck, <laughs> just get up. And, and there's like, this is did. a pack train standing right beside her. So then there'd be awkward yeah. silence. Ready, ready to take the off from the platform. Yeah. Millions of people just queuing behind, just going, what the fuck is going on? We we're just like, oh, <laughs> So we just, I, I, I'm embarrassed about the fact that we just gave in and just gave up the seat. But anyway, we did. Well, it, it was going to end up a fisticuffs between Elaine and her, probably, if that was going to be the only way to resolve it. But then she Andrew's, <laughs> and, exactly, Andrew's seat had a, an 80-year-old man sitting that there. That was a beauty. And <laughs> I, I saw him there and I was like, well, well, this is my friend's seat. And he was like, okay, I'm 83 years old. I was like, all right, okay, fine, fine. <laughs> he, right. he was legitimately just lost. You know, he's like, I'm supposed to be in first class, but there's somebody sitting in my seat. And I was like, oh, okay, right, look, okay, he's he's an octogenarian. He's a victim, he's a victim <laughs> yeah. of the, the mess. Anyway, we left him on his yeah. own. We left that girl in our seat. We walked up the train and we ended up sitting in different seats, which were free, thank fuck. And uh, <laughs> later on, I learned that Andrew and Chelsea kicked your man out of his seat. <laughs> I was like, go Canada. <laughs> You're like, well, we're from Canada. Yeah. So uh this, you're this in our seat. shit works back home. <laughs> and they kicked the they kicked the octogenarian out of a seat, <laughs> which I think we're is brilliant. But anyway, so we but sat on the train. Sat yeah, on the train. the train. I see you... I got a seat right beside right behind you, luckily then Ed, just so 
nice girl free seat beside her just said to me do you want to sit there as a grant yeah so. you proceeded to like buy a house and then uh... yeah yeah the house uh, <laughs> just for well who cares who's listening but um, i'm in a house now first time ever i'm rented on my life but that house was pretty much bought it was bought that day on the train by my you know, partner who did all, all the details you know what i what i thought was funny was that we, we we sat with the people we sat with who were really nice and sound and we were having a yeah. having good crack and you were just behind us having a good crack. Then I noticed you were quiet for like about half an hour to 40 minutes, <laughs> and like, which is really unlike you. And yeah. I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then afterwards, you were like, oh, yeah, it was just buying a house. So I was literally going to be going, I need like your your last three pay slips and like bank statements. Like, but what the fuck do you want me to do here? I'm on a train going to Iron Maiden. <laughs> she was like, oh, get in touch with your boss. So I was there like on Microsoft Teams. To best of me, boss, got any chance you can like upload a latest contract yeah. thing or some all that bullshit <laughs> like, on a train but, to Maiden, can in hand. Going, I, I remember yeah. thinking it was very strange you, that you were so quiet, but then I realized yeah. afterwards. But uh, yeah, so yeah, so uh, anyway, and then the lad, the lad, the two, you were the two Dublin lads facing you, like you were in the chair table situation. I was just two seats behind, they were, they were bang on, and then after, yeah, they were nice, that, yeah, a brother and sister combo, actually, yeah. Oh, were they brother um, and sister? Yeah, they were brother oh, and sister, know. yeah. I didn't pick that. Um, but then this guy came along, oh, had yes. like a, a Stetson, well, not quite a Stetson, um, but like a cowboy hat on and his arm in a sling <laughs> and a pair of sunglasses on, on the train and had an arm that looked really scabby and like, you know. <laughs> he looked dis- like he, it was decaying. Decaying, a decaying <laughs> arm. That's exactly the word. And uh, he walked by us and the guy who was sitting opposite us, was like, all right, mate, how are you getting on? He's like, ah, you know, I'm okay. He's like, yeah. what happened to your arm? Yeah. He's like, ah, some flesh-eating disease. Like, I don't think he'd seen the fact it was a decaying arm. I think he just saw the cast too and expected a response to that. You know, I fell and broke it. Or broke my arm, something. yeah. But he's like, he's like, some flesh-eating virus. But he's like, but it's not going to take down McDoyle. Yeah. And everyone just like what? He's like, what? no flesh eating bacteria is going to take down Anthony McDoyle. <laughs> oh, and, and, um, the, and that moment, he entered legendary status in our group. <laughs> we were just sitting there in awe, going, yeah. "All right." And then he proceeded to kind of stand around and yeah. kind of engage with us for a while. But he's like, uh, just a most I bizarre. Then, kind then of wasn't man. one of the lines he came up with? Then was he got it in Manchester, and he said, "You know, like no." The fucking Brits or something there. No, no see. British, no British, yeah, no British bacterial virus, virus is going yeah. to take down Andy McDonald. Yeah. And uh, he he stood around there talking, and the guy who was chatting to him, like to off the brother and sister combo, was like, "At least you're on demand." Mm. And he's like, he didn't have a fucking clue what that meant because it's yeah. kind of an Irish colloquialism. Like he's like, mm. "What?" He's like, "At least you're on demand." He's like, "Huh?" He's like, yeah. "Are you getting better?" He's like, "Ah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah." Then I, I I fucked off to the toilet, and uh, I came back, and he was sitting in my seat. Drinking my drinking can your can yeah. of Hop House Thirteen that I'd left there open. <clears throat> One of but those moments he'd give it back, I, give, I, give it back to you, like you keep that. I just kind of went and I picked it up, and he's like, "Oh, she said I could have this," and he pointed <laughs> to Elaine, <laughs> and I was like, "All right, okay, don't blame me, whatever." And uh, he got up and when uh, when up, he le- had to help him up out of the seat, right? had to, uh, le- uh, yeah, I had to help him up. I like, had to, to grab, grab too, his yeah. like disfigured Arm. body. <laughs> <laughs> infected by the arm to fall off like uh, but uh elaine was saying like he was he was regaling them with all sorts of stories he was like um uh they were like where are you off to he's like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna belfast and they're like what are you gonna do he's like i'm gonna play pool and kick ass, <laughs> kick ass. Oh. <laughs> he's like at 2 p.m 2 my PM. pool cue turns yeah. into a turns weapon into a of weapon mass of destruction <laughs> I remember that was right behind them. <laughs> and then at one point, he went down and sat down beside Andrew, who was sitting on the other side of the train in the octogenarian seat that he kicked <laughs> out. And uh, Chelsea happened to be wearing some leather trousers. And he, he walked down to Andrew. He's like, leather pants. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I think I missed that one. Or, I, I uh, didn't see it either. I only heard about it later. But yeah, uh, no, yeah, he, was, he was an interesting oh. character. Anyway, just, um, she was probably the type of lad who's from uh, where we get to later when Texas, where you were in Kiss. <laughs> but uh, he's no, it was in Texas the, at uh, House for Heroes. House Heroes. That that was before this. Anyway, we're talking. No, about I mean he's later, the yeah. type of character. He's probably from Texas. Like he was definitely. Oh yeah, it probably was. Yeah. 
I don't, I can't remember where he's from. I don't think he said Texas, but anyway. But anyway, but no, one thing though, just when he got out of the seat, your seat though, was, I thought it was hilarious because he went off to the toilet and then straight away Elaine whipped out two antibacterial wipes. And gave oh yeah, 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 and hand sanitizer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just breaking my shit laughing. In fairness, his arm was kind of no, it was septic. Decaying. Like it was, yeah, yeah. it was, yeah, it was decaying. It was, it was a decaying flesh eating virus. <laughs> yeah, flesh eating virus. I'm gonna take it out, McDoyle. Um, yeah. Anyway. Well, that, was tra- yeah, that was the train. Here's to and you. Then we were buzzing after that. Only a two-hour train, isn't it? Oops. So after, yeah, it wasn't long after him. Then we arrived. So you had some kind of um, uh, competitive sporting thing in the in the <laughs> train what? station with Andrew. Oh no, I didn't do it. I just oh, did you know? Thought, no, no, no chance. Uh, I just encouraged him to. Um, we were walking through the train station and then uh, in Belfast we arrived and this one, uh, one, this lady, girl, like a you know, young 20s maybe, came over to us and like asked us if we wanted to enter, a comp- enter a, I guess, a competition. We were like, okay, or just what is it? And it, she said it was for, she was representing, uh, I think, like the Belfast Bus Transport Authority or something. And mm. it, was a, it was like a bus stop. <laughs> It was set up that looked like a bus stop in the station and she said the competition was if you just hang from us yeah um just yeah see how long you can hang she times you and uh, you you then they'll post your photo on their facebook or twitter facebook or instagram page and so it was like a bar that you do like a pull-up on but you were just hanging yeah, from we were just hanging just hanging for dear life and just as we did it some lad had just set the records we were watching them some young lad and it was like a minute but then and andrew uh looking at it going i could beat that and i was like go on then go and do it do it but he didn't need any encouragement so um uh well he was a bit him and ha and at first just i guess you know big belfast like people watching and all but then i think chelsea might have said as well yeah go do it and he was like yeah i'll do it and he, we went back then and said yeah he can do it and then he hung and he hung and won well he was the winner as of that day when we left because uh she said, yeah, that's the record time. But then um, he was checking Facebook, I think, and said, hey, my name's not on it yet. <laughs> like, Bert, a- Andrew has a fairly beefy forearm. So like, you know, yeah, but I read just at the end, it was hilarious. He basically, your one was counting down the previous guys who we'd just seen his time. And like literally, you could tell he was dying, like doing all sorts of disfigured forms to keep his legs off the ground. <laughs> and then like, I think one, or, one second after just dropped. It's like, Grant, I've got it. I'm out of here. Mm. There you go. Fair play, Andrew. It was uh, uh, fun, one, one and a half minutes. <laughs> right. So this is all obviously, of course, when we were going to Iron Maiden in Belfast. Yeah, and, uh, just, it was a good buzz. All these little things happened. Great buzz, great buzz. And it, the whole journey was uh, eventful. Uh, but then we went to <laughs> our respective hotels. So you were staying. I was staying somewhere. just in some, the King's Lodge or some standards. Englishy name for a B&B sort of thing and it was just I just checked it was a reasonable price and it was apparently close to the venue but that became yeah. irrelevant because I ended up always meeting news in town and going to the venue that way yeah and, but before that we met in so we were saying at the hotel oh no we went hotel. to a pub we met in the hotel and so then we yeah went yes. to the pub because they were yeah, so you, playing it was meant to be a pre-party wasn't it yeah, I think we missed the pre-party. We yeah, missed it because the they were playing. They ended up playing poppy songs, and we were like, "Pop and hip hop." Yeah, it was yeah. We were yeah, like, yeah. "What the hip hop? Yeah, like, what the fuck's this?" And they were like, "We had the maiden pre-party." <laughs> but it was like, surely after that, and you have the clientele, and you don't then switch to hip hop. I know. Yeah, it was some a, like metal team or it something. A, but, it was atrocious. But yeah. before that, though, we met in the Titanic Hotel, which is, where, is where you stayed. Yeah, yeah. Some of us were staying. So stayed. Yep. yeah, so so it was me, Elaine, Melissa, and. Uh, Andrew hey, and Chelsea. About yeah. yeah Andrew good. and Chelsea. Um Dan. Uh and then who else? I mean, there were there were a couple of other people. I think Melissa's friends from like fucking she had a some people she some kind of uh, Scandinavian friends or something like that. Um yeah. but we all sat around, had a few pints, had some food, fish and chips and mm. all that. Um and just yeah, great, there. Nice, great really nice hotel bar and yeah. Just yeah. I think I got a whiskey on the rocks at some point. Yeah, great crack before going down to Iron Maiden. And we walked down then to the limelight where I was trying to meet a few people, but um, we got the it didn't bus. really work out. Uh, did we get the bus? We probably did. We got it with yeah. Andrew. And oh, we did sorry. get a bus. Yeah, yeah we did. Yeah, you're didn't right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we got down to the limelight. Uh, met my friend Peter. 
He was there as well. Yes. Uh, yeah. And I uh, just had generally a good view. Great, points. great. I remember it as a photo, wasn't there, from outside the line, line mice and great crew, like very absolutely great gathering crew. of people from all over. Yeah. Canada. People from all over Boston. the fucking world. Do you know what I think is great we'll as well? It's like people, yeah. people, neither of us would have known like two years ago. But uh, mm. here we and are. In fairness, just... I mean, I completely not sure you, but as I said, if I the first time I would have met them, no problem at all for having the. Well, crowd. sorry, you obviously knew Andrew from like 2018. Knew Andrew, sorry, yeah. Um, and then, but I, Peter, I'd met once before, I think, but that was my first time meeting uh, Melissa, like for example. But Melissa, yeah, straight Dan, away, uh, yeah, just Dan as like, well, yeah. fantastic yeah. crack. Um, then we made our way to the venue, and there was some kind of ticket problem with um. Was oh, Dan. It Dan. Dan, yeah, yeah. He, um, I can't remember what it was, but he had to go to the box office to get one. But that took ages. I can't remember what this yeah, was. Yeah, tough fucking ages. Anyway, it got resolved. We walked in, and as far as I recall, as we were walking in, like Doctor Doctor was playing, so we were like right yeah, on the. We were like, cusp. "That's gone." Is the trip to the points at the start? Let's see where we can get a position. Yeah. yeah. So, like, this was the first time either of us had seen Iron Maiden in four yeah. years. When was the uh, last time? Well, it was yeah. London 2018. London For me, I don't know about you. Did you see oh, that yeah. after that? No, that was the end of that. We saw them three yeah. times that year, wasn't it? So, yeah. That would have so, the first time, or sorry, the last time I would have seen Iron Maiden is when we met Andrew back in the Cart and Horses and Nesbitt and Josh yeah. um, in 2018. And then, yeah, so it's four years later. You're here in Dr. Doctor. You're getting the fucking, the fucking goosebumps on your arm, like the, the like, hair standing even, up on your even, arm. Even like four years from Maiden, but I mean, four years from most gigs as well like it was pretty much a hiatus of two years without any gigs so it's like yeah well, yeah for a yeah. very long time yeah and and that was made our way hmm. made our way way into kind of the middle of the crowd i'd say um no 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 we were a bit back okay maybe Towards the last the back, last third of the third. crowd yeah and then uh you know dr doctor played and then they opened with the fucking senjutsu songs which none hmm. of us had ever heard before in our lives we were prepared, like we'd read up, but like everyone knew, didn't we? The, like what was coming, but yeah, never heard them live, and we're enjoying because we'd all seen the. Well, I think everyone else had, but we'd seen a lot of three or four times the, uh, the Legacy of the Beast. Legacy of the Beast, so was, yeah. We really like them. They changed it up at least a small bit. So, what did you think of them opening with Senjutsu, <clears> the <throat> opening track from the new album? Um, I was just kind of yeah. I mean, just caught up in the whole moment of something I had never seen live before, a whole new, obviously, stage drop and everything for the first few songs. So, like the progressions in Jutsu is kind of, for me, a slow, industrial, nearly song. Um, yeah. It's by no means not my favourite song on the album, but um, I get where they would have put it live, and it was it's, it's good. And it's very, it's, for me, it's quite a, it's not like, it's quite different to most of the songs, I think. It's, I mean, I wouldn't pick many songs made, and that would be like that one. So it's. I, I don't think it's like any song they've ever released, yeah, actually. I think it's, yeah, nearly. Yeah, go it's, it's, it's unique. It sounds unique yeah. in their catalogue. Like. It's, it's, yeah. So you, you've put it in a better way than I could. It's, yeah, it's it's out there, like for them. So, yeah, it's really interesting seeing it. And then, then they, the three songs kind of, I think it's a good, it's a good trilogy because then it was um, just two singles, wasn't it? So um, Yannick Gare's one, fuck, I forgot the name. Sanju- uh, uh, Stratego Stratego was the next one and then it's Riding on the Wall that was, I think so I think, I think so. it's that it's order not... so yeah. we shouldn't be messing this up on your metal podcast but <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's it and <laughs> I'm going to look it up right now yeah check it but pretty, that's it I think so it went from a really like a, a really long technical nearly song that's as I said I described it as industrial like with Senjutsu and then it goes to a very nearly pop, poppy singly I really like song like by Yannick, and then obviously writing the yeah. walls. I mean, that's, that's a classic it. from the album. That's the first single everyone heard. So, so that's it. So it's the it's the order of the album as well. So it's in mm-hmm. Jutsu, Stratego, and writing on the wall. Oh yeah, I, 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 album, yeah. yeah. Sorry, but like, sure, like, fuck, can't remember that now. But um, <laughs> I thought Senjutsu was a great opening track. I saw a lot of people mm-hmm. saying that they didn't think it was great because it was slow. But no, I thought it was good opener. But I mean, I guess if you just to compare, it, very. Complete contrary to something like Ace's High, which is oh, well, yeah, ironically exactly, closer, yeah. Yeah. It's it's not the Wicker Man, and it's yeah. not. Uh, it's a real slow build-up. Yeah. I mean, I can't even think of what opened the Dance of Death or uh, Wildest Dreams or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they tend Wildest to normally Dreams. go for the the quick, punchy, well, 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 everyone, yeah. no care, well, catchy song. Yeah, yeah. Wildest Dreams is a pile of shite anyway. <laughs> that um, was the, yeah, horrendous. But like, I, I thought it was nice, atmospheric, and it really led in very well 
Atmospheric. To the, ne- the next two songs, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which were like more upbeat. Actually, <clears> they, got, they get yeah. they get kind of progressively more upbeat because Stratego was like a mm-hmm. bit more like beats per minute, you know, faster, more melody to it. Yeah. And then writing on the wall is just like writing on the wall is everyone singing along. Everyone knows it, so it's a, yeah. it's an anth- anthemic song. So yeah, I think I think you 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 take them as a package rather than saying did you like the first song. I think as a, as the package, it it was a really good progressive three songs to yeah. them. Yeah, like I mean classic. Legacy like we like we were with Dan Mortimer and Andrew who like know the fucking lyrics of every Iron Maiden yeah, song, regardless yeah. of how new they are, off yeah. by heart. And Dan was <laughs> and shouting, singing it. along uh, yeah. to every fucking lyric and fair play to him. Um, and I was kind yeah. of singing along to like twenty five percent. I was lyrics. doing my token. Uh, yeah, exactly. Get my twenty five and you like go to the wall. I can hold the solo. <laughs> and then I'll begin to fall. Uh, whatever. And uh, Dan and Andrew were like singing along like to their heart's content. And I actually thought those three songs, I don't think they could have put those songs anywhere else in the set. In no, it opinion. would have broken them up, broken up the whole... Because after that, the legacy set is is a continuous... Well, it's a greatest thing. hits kind of. Like. Yeah, it's a greatest Yeah, so putting them in the middle of that would be strange. Absolutely, and separating them as well. Separating them would have just wrecked the buzz and wrecked the momentum, I think. So, for example, Mm. like after they played those three songs, they did Revelations. And like, if you played, like, let's say they played Writing on the Wall, then Revelations, then they played Stratego, the the, the momentum would have just been all over the place. Like, it just wouldn't have. I don't don't know if they they would have ever got it back. Like, whereas they just like. Because you're online or whatever. Like, I'm not obviously online as much as you are, as you know, but. um, but you read people just moaning, but then they're moaning without thinking of what the alternative would be. Like, what did you want? Exactly. Where else would you put them? Exactly. And they were definitely going to play songs from the yeah, new album. Exactly. It would have been you kind of, give it to them. Two would have been fucking stupid almost not to play it. Like, uh, yeah, they've released a good album. They 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 never they always want to play their new stuff. So it must have been killing them nearly to not just do like like you know five yeah. or six new songs. So, so like they went into like Revelations. Which I thought was an excellent wow, kind of seg- segue from the just, old to the from the new to the old. Take me to that song. Yeah, uh, I remember listening to his Wayne's um, Iron Maiden podcast, and he when he did his revelation said it was the worst, not worst like still really good, but of all the albums to that point, he rated it, I think as the worst, the number two or three song of an album whenever it comes. Like he preferred, I think it was compared to "How to Be the Name" and some other ones. Worst track worst, two or something. Worst track two, I think. But I was like, I'm just for me, it's like probably one of my definitely. For me, it's like definitely top five songs. Maybe possibly the best track ever. Them. Yeah, like it's one of my, <laughs> if not my favorite Iron Maiden songs. I remember it's up there with Hallowed Be the Name and the Wicker Man yeah. for me. They're they're my three yeah. favorite. It's um, my favorite vocal, definitely. Like the the, the bits where he does just a babe in the black abyss, tears come down. My oh my god! When I'm oh my a god bit drunk and at a live gig, I'm just like. It's it's powerful, absolutely yeah. powerful. So yeah, so you so you got the three Senjutsu songs, rightly or wrongly, <laughs> they're played at the start of the set, <laughs> and then you get Revelations, and then we go into Blood Brothers, and you're just like, fucking hell, this is just that's like- that's when you're we well we obviously people to check before, but that's when you're there, you like it's they have rejigged at least as well the set list. Like it is yeah. legacy, but they've changed the order and stuff. Absolutely. Well, Blood Brothers wasn't played the last time, yeah. Or that was um, that was a complete new one, yeah. Yeah, completely new. Uh, but also, like, it's it's one of those songs I really love live. It's a sing-along yep. song. It's a feel-good song. I remember it like I can never it's, forget it's, the it's time. A, it's if you're a smoker, get out your lighter and sway it on the wind song. Absolutely, yeah. But remember, I, I'll, um, I'll, in Sweden, like, in That's what I was just going to say. Yeah, I'll, I'll never forget Gothenburg, like, where Bruce, Bruce was moved to tears <laughs> before that song. And, like, if you want video footage of that, just go and look it up. Um, mm. He normally did like a big patter kind yeah, of. Yeah, he gave know. it up, didn't he? Yeah, but he like just didn't say anything. Speech beforehand because they, they were just yeah. chanting. If you look at yeah. any of the shows on that Book of Souls 2016 tour, he does this kind of patter. Like, it's like, oh, this is for you. This is for all the fans. And we are mm. blah, blah. But the, the crowd were so strong and they just kept they chanting. They wouldn't let him speak. <laughs> they wouldn't let him speak. And there was actual tears in his eyes. And you can see it. There's a there's a very good video on Facebook or not Facebook, sorry, YouTube of him yeah. trying to speak and then getting choked up and then yeah. just stopping and taking it all in before. And then he just says, just blood "This is Blood Brothers," yeah. and like you know, like he can't muster any other words. Like, mm. uh, I remember but, uh, that. Yeah, that, that was like just like you said. That's that's the impact. 
I think of that song too, like when it's played live, it's yeah, it's anthemic, everyone sings along and yeah. I know it's not everyone's favorite song, but I think live it's it really gets the crowd going. Absolutely. And it's such a feel good song and not in a, even in a cheesy way. It's like, it's, yeah, we are fucking blood brothers because when I'm in a, a crowd of metal fans and they're all wearing Iron Maiden t-shirts and I'm with my friends and we're having a drink and we're watching Iron Maiden. That's exactly how I feel. I feel like we are blood brothers. I feel like those, yeah. these people in the audience are connected to me and even people I've never met before, I feel like I have a connection with them. It, it's temporary, but it's fucking yeah. real and tangible. Yeah, no, and it's, I think, yeah, it's very relevant for the metal stuff, like, especially that we might get to later, like when we've started going to gigs, you know, independently because we don't live in the same country anymore and you just realise how fucking close-knit the community is. Like, there's yeah. never any trouble at gigs. You can rock up beside anyone holding a beer and normally they'd welcome you into their group for a bit and have a chat. And, yeah. Just just as I would. Like, you know, if yeah. somebody came up to me, just as I would. Um, so, like, this set list is all over the place. So you get Blood Brothers, yeah. all of a sudden we're listening to Sign of the Cross, uh, it's like song six and mm. I don't know. I, I, lo- I love Sign I of the Cross. Like, yeah. but, but I was like, it almost seems too soon for it. But at the same Sign time, the cross like, highlights for me um, our phase of, well, yeah, both of us, I guess, getting best of the beast and not realizing it was a different singer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. Like, just a brilliant Maiden song. The opening track on yeah. CD1. Uh, no, Virus was. Oh, sorry, virus. virus sorry, on the of the cross. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, virus then sign of the cross. Yeah. Sure, we only bleed and covered it in the bedroom trainer. <laughs> One fair later. But like, this is like the, the tapes. <laughs> bedroom tapes. They will be on Earth at, be some on at some point. Feckin' at some point. When we're both famous. Um, I just say feckin' Meckin. Feckin you did say feckin' Meckin. Yeah. Feckin meckin. I let it slide. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, um, song, song six, and uh, we're flying. So, like, Sign of the Cross, to me, is, like, a hugely important song in mm. the Iron Maiden catalogue. And, and it showed it. in this tour, sorry, not to cut off, but it showed in this tour, it was it, the whole back of the T-shirt we bought with uh, writing on the wall was Sign of the Cross. Yeah. And, yeah. And, like, I assume for you as well, because we both have, like, yeah, had yeah. that Best of the Beast double CD, but, like, it's, mm. it's, it's, to me, it's one of the, like, um, Oh, it's like a cornerstone of Iron Maiden for me. Yeah, it's a, it's brilliant. It's it was eight minutes long. Um, a brilliant guitar interludes. Vocals are great. Yeah, it's a brilliant song, I think. But also, it's, really it's like um, it it is it's an example of them um, going away from what made them successful, trying something mm-hmm. different, and absolutely succeeding at that. Yeah. And and they obviously fucking love it, or Steve obviously loves it, because yeah. there's there's no real reason for them to play that song 27 years later in their live set when they're doing the Greatest Hits tour. But like, mm. it, I think it does belong there because it's such a fucking excellent um, in song. In my ignorance, um, was that a single? Yeah? Was that no. a song? Okay, it wasn't. No, it wasn't a single. I'm not great on which what was a single. Yeah. But for me as well, like Steve's obviously very proud of the two Blaze albums. We know that. Yeah, rightly so. So definitely you would have wanted to get a few, like, well, how many songs are in this? The Legacy of the Beast from Blaze. Two. Uh, that and the Clansman. Yeah. So he definitely. It, by the way, Sign of the Cross is 11 minutes long, not eight <clears> minutes long. <throat> so, yeah. Is it really? Mm. Holy five thousand. 11 minutes, uh, okay. 16 seconds. Son of a bitch. All the more. Probably just a one minute outro as this, uh, as this token for Steve, where it just lowers down the bass until it <laughs> stops playing. Lost the love of heaven above. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Goes the lust of the earth below. Eleven saintly shouted men come to watch, watch the sins away. That was the skill that he absolutely mastered then on Senjutsu. The outro. Yeah, although some people would argue with you like the the introduction of those intros was oh yes that's true almost that's the, side of the, the coin the, yeah. the downfall of iron maiden yeah <laughs> the outro the soundstone the intro it's key to starting yeah it's true which is more important another feckin metal episode which is more integral to a sound the intro or the outro 
obviously an intro. Um, I think many of the best songs don't have either an intro nor an outro. But I do appreciate songs that do have a good intro and a good outro. Okay, then change it to the best Steve Harris songs, <laughs> where you get a lot of songs that have intros and outros. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Especially in the last 20 years. Um, but so, we uh, divert, yeah. Sorry. Sign of the Cross. Sign of Sign the Cross is followed, of course, by mm. fucking Bruce Dickinson coming out and fucking flamethrowers and doing yeah. Find of Icarus and sounding, I must say, sounding like we were maybe maybe just as good as I've ever heard him in any of the gigs I've been to, which is since 2003, just yep. blasting out Find of Icarus and, and really... You know, reassuring the likes of me who heard Knights of the Dead, the album mm. from Mexico, and and yep. thought maybe, well, fuck, well, maybe finally Bruce has lost it. Maybe, yep. maybe his cancer and his whatever his age has caught up mm. with him, and he can't really sing that well anymore. Because Knights of the Dead, I, um, I will say right now, yeah, should there. should never have been released. Least, it, yeah. it it simply is not a good album, and. I remember mm. listening to it and I did a review with Nesbitt on, on Feck Metal. And yeah, I remember you said that. We basically slated it, which it deserved. Yeah. But uh, I but mean, there was Les's also... classic was the, didn't he check the crowd noise? Like he did yeah. his computer wizardry. And this is the crowd noise of, it's weird. For Clansman, yeah. I think it was. And he said the audience sounded like a hairdryer. <laughs> yeah, that was the one. <laughs> which it did. But uh, I thought Bruce's vocals particularly sounded mm. very weak and pretty bad. But yep. fucking hell, in Belfast, he sounded amazing. And I remember particularly on the song Flight of Icarus, which is like mm. obviously a hard song to sing. Yep. And specifically the chorus, he just absolutely fucking nailed it. Yeah, it was. And I'm, yeah, I, yeah, second that because I mean, the older we're getting as well, the more we're experiencing seeing Maiden and probably the more we are critical, not in a bad way, but we would just have the more uh, more of a base to compare it to like because we've seen Absolutely yeah sure we've seen them a million times like so yeah. you know you can you and can I, tell I, if it's a bad gig yeah and definitely we are like not like we'd accept Bruce even if he was nicer dead or worse because we'd nearly expect him like that given his age and be like geez he's still doing mm-hmm. well given how other bands would be but yeah. so we're expecting him to be worse so we're definitely missing out to how he sings and but to hear him sing and be like whoa it's actually fucking as good as rock and roll, if not better. Say, and he's twenty years more senior. You're like, how? Yeah, the fuck. Yeah, it's amazing. I thought on on Flight of Icarus and on Revelations, he just like absolutely. He's, he's, yeah, it's like you because because I would be looking out for not not that I wanted, but just to see Jesus. Is he still hitting it like when he is like, or he was in that in this tour like so. Yeah, I don't know what he's having in his smoothies in the morning, but um, <laughs> as I said, blowjob uh, five minutes before he goes on stage. Uh, he's probably burning some wicker virgins and having them <laughs> nice and crispy. Yeah. Drinking a smoothie of wicker virgins blood uh, once a week. <laughs> but I, I, I wonder, did like the three year break do him a lot of good? Um, yeah, maybe because you were they, saying, didn't you? And sorry, let's finish, but didn't you and that's what say for. For the Mexican one, wasn't he in the height of a really intense period for gigs or something? I think he might have been, but also, like, the heat and the altitude yeah. in Mexico yeah. can have a detrimental effect on your voice. Because I remember seeing him in, in Belfast in 2018, and he was excellent. Like, And mm. I trust myself enough, you know, I've been to too many gigs now, I'm old enough and mm. ugly enough to be able to tell the difference between like a bad gig and a good gig. You and I, I would never defend Iron Maiden just because <clears throat> they're Iron Maiden. But I no. remember in Belfast in 2018, Bruce Dickinson sang very well. Um, right. So I was shocked when they released Nights of the Dead and he didn't sound that good. Mm. And I, shocked and disappointed, actually. Um, yeah. So... I, I didn't really have high expectations seeing them in Belfast in 2022, but yeah. to me, he came out and just absolutely knocked it out of the park. To use a fucking baseball analogy, but uh, all in, in yeah. this. But he did though. He he did. He, he he like and and to me like I like anyone who listens to my podcast will know like I first and foremost listen to a singer, mm. next probably guitar, then bass, then probably drums, yeah. but like. To me, it's kind of, it's not necessarily like they have to be the best singer in the world, but like 
let's say somebody has form for being an excellent yep. singer. Yeah, I really want to the them, standards. Yeah, I really want them yeah. to do do that again or to 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 uh, capture it in a live environment. Yeah. Uh, and when you hear Bruce just nailing Revelations and nailing Flight of Icarus, and those are probably like some yeah. of the most mel- melodic songs they do, and I would imagine some of the hardest songs to sing because you have to really hold your voice mm. in a in a high pitched melody. It's like I was like, ah, oh, Bruce is gonna be fine. <laughs> He's yeah. gonna be fine. Like, and and it, okay, yeah, we'll see, continue that team, didn't it? As it went on, like there was no point he really faltered to it. Like you were like, oh, he's 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 struggling now or anything. No, no. I reckon, so we had like, yeah. sorry, go on. Well, just I reckon from everything you read about Bruce and you know from having this book, he's just an insanely. He sounds like a lad who can't keep still, and also really is quite professional. You think. He comes across as that anyway and looking after his voice. I remember reading about how he, I don't know what he said he ate, but he, he watches his diet and everything. Doesn't drink dairy, I think, didn't they say? Because it can get your voice vocal. Your, your vocals got phlegmy or something. A person, I can't remember that now. But, <clears throat> but, yeah. but yeah, he, he like so he looks after himself, I think. But I can imagine maybe, like you said, in the big break in COVID and definitely wanting to come back strong. He's probably just done serious work as well. Like, you know, like he has a gift, but he's he definitely probably does the work in the background too. I like I something I think, shows anyway. Yeah. I think he he may in person be like an annoying bastard, but yeah. as a, as a fan, I have so much respect for him. Because <laughs> like, he gives it back to the fans, he does do the work because he thinks you buy a ticket, you deserve them to be making the effort, sort of thing. Let's also mention though that he did call out the sound man in um, I Copenhagen. Copenhagen. I and we, but it happened so quick, and we were obviously on a hill watching it. We were a bit back, so we were like, Did that just happen? So and it was a bit of a bad thing, I thought. He referred to the sound engineer or whoever was on the sound desk in Copenhagen as a cloth eared cunt. <laughs> yeah, was it? Yeah. I tried to find it on YouTube <laughs> after I couldn't. Yeah. Cloth eared cunt. He's like, The cloth eared cunt is on the yeah. sound desk. Better like, up his did game. He, did he say something? Yeah, did he say something else after that? So, I can't remember to be honest with but, you, but, but like um, he was really vehemently like, where with Venom, sorry, like, yeah. But I was like, and for us, the sound was good. So obviously, what he's hearing through is so uh, yeah, yeah he whatever was, he was hearing through his monitors yeah. was like not yeah, monitors, up to scratch for him. Yeah. Uh, but, but like, for us, but I, what, what I was hearing was fantastic. Yeah. Anyway, we're we're still at Belfast. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, so the set list was kind of all over the place. I thought uh, so after. After Flight of Icarus, they play. I can't Fear even remember it now. When you're going to show it, it's coming back to me. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it like it's yeah. not like I'm pulling yeah. it from memory. I'm looking at it in front of me. But they play <laughs> Fear of the Dark, How Be the Name, Number of the Beast, Iron Maiden. These are songs they'd normally yeah, Fear, they're the normally your encore. Yeah, Fear, the they end would the... signify to me it's encore time, but yeah, it's in the main body of it. Yeah, yeah, but like I, I do remember Fear of the Dark from Belfast and just absolutely singing along and. <laughs> I mean being that's that's in it. It's in the height of it. I I can't really tell you for for a fact that I remember Hallow be the name, number to be so Iron Maiden. <laughs> those those I are remember I'm, Hall- I'm, yeah, I'm I sure they were played, but they're played. Andy, I think at that point was dancing uh like a maniac. And around that time maybe um uh Dan's friend came into play. <laughs> the old uh, Yes, let's talk old... about Dan's friend. Do you know what I've I've told this story numerous times uh, since this has happened because I think it's really excellent. Um, so there was this kind of disgusting, like fifty odd year old man, um, turned around towards us while we were watching the show and kept dancing kind of in our faces mm. in a kind of obnoxious way. Uh, yeah, like like ignorant as fuck. Ignorant happy way, as Larry, like but yeah, annoying. happy as Larry, but like get the fuck out of my face, fuck, yeah. kind of thing. What's and he was like. While the gig was going on, back to the stage the entire time, dancing in our faces, kind of mm. singing along to some of the words for the songs he knew or whatever. But like, like almost like a drooly, disgusting fifty-year-old uh, ignorant cunt. And yeah. I, um, <laughs> I remember at one point, you got him in a headlock. You're like, "Come on, you bollocks! <laughs> Come on, you bollocks! Come on!" <laughs> Come on, you fucking bollocks! <laughs> and then you let him go. You released him, but it was like it was the perfect combination of like being aggressive but also friendly. That uh, yeah. he knew you weren't starting a fight with him, but also he knew he needed to fuck. <laughs> and you, and you, you got rid of him. 
Yeah, because I, I think at that point it looked like it might have gotten a bit worse with Dan and him because because he was really annoying Dan. I think I think maybe well Dan had a, had a had a complaint did. against him. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh, but but I thought <laughs> I you, like you really you measured that quite well. You were like, come on, you fucking bollocks, and <laughs> you like had him in a headlock, and he was like, he didn't know what was going on, but you weren't being nasty to him, but you weren't being friendly. Yeah. It was like the absolute correct balance of like get the fuck away from us now. <laughs> yeah. But we're all we're all having a good time, and, <laughs> yeah. and he, he didn't come back to us again. But you didn't like you didn't injure him or hurt him or anything like that you just kind of shuffled him away via yeah. a headlock i forgot about that i, I remember thinking I, I should try to do something because dan was getting really pissed off yeah well, he was he, he, he was yeah he was wrecking dan's head yeah. um but yeah that, that was that was oh, fucking perfect yeah. Yeah. crowd control uh crowd control indeed uh so then we got a, a bit of an encore after iron maiden that song like i c- couldn't hear c- i couldn't care if i never heard it again you know it's you know it's it's you have a cooler like, bag beside you you bastard a cooler bag what how are you seeing that because the top's behind you and you're pulling beers because i need to get a beer but oh, I'm like how I, are you doing an it actual bear cooler beside me can i just 20 seconds grab a beer <laughs> yeah go for it yeah. i was like i was out of a beer for a while gone head away yeah Go get it. I have an actual bear killer beside me. Go on. This ain't your first rodeo. Nope. You can just set it out, all the stuff, can't you? Like if there's a. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure, this this is my job. This is piss for you. Just two people talking, not a a Sabbath arc of eight to ten different contributors and stuff. I haven't done that in a long time. By the way, your man. his podcast I sent you on. I yeah. highly, highly recommend that. At this point, I launch into an almost obnoxiously gushing review of And Volume For All. And while listening back to this, I did consider cutting this bit. But fuck it, came up naturally in conversation. And he deserves it. Um, so I'm going to leave it in. Quinn, this is for you. What is it? Is it a music one? Or so it's like a, it's a history of heavy metal. Um, All right. So it's, yeah. by, by this point, he's kind of got up to thrash metal and Metallica in the 90s. And do it's you not know, the same like, lad who did the videos. Of, do you remember? No, he's he's not any lad. He's yeah. never done anything. But uh, he's 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 an actor by profession. So yeah. his delivery his delivery is fucking excellent. Like it's yeah. you know it's like anything he says is like it's like an acted line. But like it doesn't sound forced. It sounds really natural. And he's very very naturally funny. Um. So his like his kind of asides are, you know. Yeah. very witty and like he does lots of stuff where he like kind of, kind of takes the piss out of himself um, yeah. and just from bantering with him back and forth on on Twitter he like he gets oh, so you've references. Been in touch with him and stuff well yeah small or, bit like, yeah, just yeah, on yeah. Twitter but like he gets like Simpsons references that like we ah, would okay. enjoy and stuff like so you know what I mean he's like he's our, he's our kind humor. of our yeah. kind of humor but um his podcasts are like <laughs> they're like works of art they're like um hmm? The first one was like, okay, okay I, I get what he's kind of going for. Yeah. I, I like it. Second one, third one, fourth one, they just get better and better it's and growing, better. Like, better. He's, he's learning yeah. his trade. By the fourth one, it's like, it's like a fucking, honestly, it's like a work of art. It's like, there are so many jokes, but they're so quick. Like, if you yeah. kind of didn't listen for a second, you might miss them. But then also, yeah. it's really, it's really factual. And also, he's yeah. saying really interesting stuff about heavy metal. So it's like, yeah, it's, so it's so there's this undertone of just humor to watch as you're watching, but it's still a documentary. Yeah, it's it's metal. like it's yeah. like a darkly humorous, very factual, yeah. and very serious heavy metal yeah. audio documentary. And yeah. like it's 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 just I'll like it. it's lightning fast, but like when you're listening to it, like I I actually was saying like I just commented on Twitter, it's like I laughed out loud like four times <laughs> at his the last episode. It's 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 like nothing I've ever heard before in my life. As I said, I wouldn't I don't share these yeah, things yeah, lightly. No, no. You know, I wouldn't and be I like, do. oh you have to listen to this, you have yeah. to listen to that, blah, blah blah But like when there's something really fucking good, I'm like, no, this yeah. is this is Yeah, the last one you did that to was Wayne's Time Maiden and that's been mm. brilliant. So mm. and it was the same idea. This, like, so, so this I would say yeah. is as good as that, but in a completely different way. Yeah. Um He's just like he's sharp as a fucking tack. Like it's 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 really fucking good. That's one thing you educated me on, was it in Copenhagen? Um, the tum- the tack, brass tacks. <laughs> let's get out of the brass tacks. Let's get out of brass tacks. Fucking tom tack. Oh. <laughs> um all right, and this what's 
how did you even find out about it? Just something on Twitter led you to him or something? Uh, yeah, Twitter. Um, somebody must have liked the podcast account. Like, I, I can't yeah. remember. Like, but um, and is he from Ireland or England? Or? No, he's American. American, right? Um, but somebody must have liked it or, or something. His artwork was very engaging. Yeah. He has to add yeah. volume for all, but it's like the volume four Black Sabbath artwork yeah. and stuff. Uh, yeah. Probably the artwork and. And somebody liking any, something he said on Twitter must have caught me. And uh, yeah. so I just listened to one episode. I was like, this is, this is fucking yeah. good. Um, this is good squishy. Okay. Yeah. So you got your man in a fucking headlock and got rid of him, which he deserved because he was being a complete cunt. And then we have the trooper, the clansman and run to the hills, which is like, Probably the best fucking series of encore songs I've ever seen. Yeah, it beats this. Yeah, more serious songs than the Run to the Hills, Number of the Beast. And well, do you know? Do you know what I used to hate like about uh, Iron Maiden encores? You get like predictable. (laughs) No, you get like you get Running Free or Sanctuary or something like that. I don't really like the song Running Free. To be perfectly honest with you, I think it's kind of like. A shit song like when you when you <laughs> what do you mean you don't like the 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 six minutes encore extension in the, in the live after yeah. death <laughs> exactly. but like when you compare running free to look at these three songs that you get in the on the encore if you compare running free to the trooper the clansman or run to the hills running free is just like basic punk nonsense I'm running. Like, it is punk yeah, yeah. Really? just 16 a pay a so yeah okay uh, there's you an irony of that point. song too, given that the original singer can't run anymore. Well, Paul, <laughs> maybe, maybe he will with his double knee replacement, which is this guy. But the he got funded, and it, yeah. Anyway, segue. Sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, that, yeah. The, those three songs, uh, yeah, they're brilliant for a trilogy of songs to close a gig, which you think if you haven't checked the set list before, as in you yeah. think it's going to end at. Um, what was the final one of the three? Run to the Hills. Yeah. Run to the Hills, which was excellent in Belfast. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I always I can re- that song for some reason. I recall the, the entire crowd just fucking belting it out and like a, 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 a crowd camaraderie yeah, yeah. enveloping the whole audience and everyone just being like, uh, who knows when the last time any of those people saw Iron Maiden was yeah, like that's true. The, the, the last time they played Belfast was 2011 sorry no that's not true they played them in 2018 um, you've just talked about I'm that. lying again uh, okay so my um, point there is null and void but no but they, they touched on just I didn't really say we'll be back when we can but like you could tell what I meant from it like a lot of the crowd didn't seem like they're traveling Wilburys and going all around Europe to see them. So for them, it meant a lot like that they came there. Yeah. And then, and then they went off stage for a second time. I know that was, wasn't it the Which, first time ever or something? It's, I don't, re- I don't recall this ever happening before. Like, I've never seen it, but I don't know no. the history of their so, gig. Sorry. So every, this. everybody was waiting for the fucking, you know, the, the day would always look on the bra. Not that the fucking bomber plane, whatever the fuck it's called. What's it called? Oh, the I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, the um, the Spitfire. The Spitfire. Spitfire. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I mean, uh, Rob, uh, not Rob, um, Rod, Rod Smallwood had guaranteed before the tour even happened. He was like, "It's going to be Legacy of the Beast. You're going to see everything you're expecting. Yeah, you're going to see." see you're going to see the flamethrowers. You're going to see the Spitfire, blah, blah, blah. You're going so to see Bruce every- calling someone a cunt. Yeah, a Greek cunt. <laughs> so everyone was <laughs> everyone was expecting the fucking Spitfire at the start of the show. Then it didn't happen. <clears throat> then at the end of the show, they've kind of gone off stage after Run to the Hills, which, you know, that yeah. seems reasonable. You know, they've the done, done nearly the guts of the two hours by then, haven't they? But, Probably had yeah. done it with the first three songs. Like, they done it like about an hour and fifty minutes. <laughs> but then all of a sudden the fucking oh, Spitfire and it was just and, lowered. And just the key here, it's just getting dark because it's you know near midsummer, like, near the longest day of the year. So like just getting dark now, the lights really make the impression. It's amazing mm. visuals. Like. And then Bruce mm. Dickinson runs out and sings "Aces High" as the fucking encore to a mm. set list, 
which is kind of like who does he think he is really? Yeah. <laughs> like I, I thought he sang it very well, but like it, it, it seems like a fucking bizarre choice. I was, I was really paying attention to that just the vocals because just because I knew how hard it would be, and mm. yeah, he did a job. Um, didn't like probably didn't sing some of the high notes lowered a bit based on the album, but um, based on any live version I've heard, yeah, like it's better than say live after death probably. And it's yeah, at the uh, end of the set, not at the start. Exactly. I will say this about Bruce Dickinson. He sang Aces High as well as he sung it on the oh, what we say, not the Made in England tour, but the one, the Hammersmith one. No, did he do? No. What no, what tour did what tour did we sing the, the no, it was the Made in England tour. Yeah. So yeah, Made in England tour. Which tour was yeah. that? Did we see uh, 2013 in the OT OT Not the um, whole album tour of Matter of Life and Death. No. <laughs> no, that was two, that was 2010. Wasn't it? Yeah, Made Six. in England is the best. 2006. Oh, yeah, I have no idea. Don't even listen no. to me, listeners. No, you don't. Chronology. <laughs> uh, Our cr- chronological order and me don't go uh, well together. The history of me. Get That's it right. up there, the, the internet. Huh? So 2013, uh, Made in England. When would I have been at a gig with you then? Yeah, so where would we have seen him? That was in, our, in Dublin gig or something? Or? Uh, no, we saw him in, in the O2 Arena in London. Uh, so on that tour, uh, they came out. Oh, that's where, yeah. Yeah, okay, sorry. On that tour, they came out at the yeah. end, and their their encore started with Aces High, and then yeah. they, said, they did the Evil at Men Do and Running Free. But like... Uh, this of 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 course was fucking nine years ago, um, yep. and there's a big difference between being sixty four and fifty five. Yeah, that's especially when you're a singer. Massive. Sure, I feel in bits just these days if I age two years, and I'm not even exactly half yeah. their age. Like you know? <laughs> if I age two years, but yeah. when I don't age two years, I feel grounded. well. That is great. I just defy gravity and everything. So fine. But yeah, yeah, so like when 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 we were at the O2 Arena in London, they were doing a kind of a seven sunny kind of thing which was brilliant um yeah and they, and they played afraid of two strangers and phantom of the opera I, and all that shit really that. excellent but bruce came out at the encore and he sang aces high as the first song on the encore but like again it was like fucking nine years ago yeah. so like to come out and do that as the last song on the show i was expecting uh, i was well i yeah. was expecting him to kind of fail or you know <laughs> or yeah. or sound or just weak. just just sound the highest bit maybe do it yeah or, or jig or like not even fail, but like yeah. to falter. But he didn't falter. Yeah. No, he, he and fail. he was doing, you know, the hands. No, I can watch the video, but you know what? He just the hand thing where he's like, yeah. and he raises his hand up to the top as if it's stretching his voice to hit the note, and he hit the note at the top like aces. Uh, do you know what it probably uh, fucking is? Um, but like it's probably he, yeah. He nailed it. He nailed aces high as the final song on a on a hmm. lengthy the, Iron Maiden set. But I remember after hearing aces high, just thinking um. You did it tonight, and then just thinking, how the fuck can you do that on a whole tour? Like, with yeah. like maintain that it's a serious voice or vocal muscle you have. Like we were in bits, like I mean, I, I was in bits just trying to half sing along to half of the lyrics of that gig, and and sing along obviously probably a, a tone lower and in a shit way. <laughs> and yet he's a, t- doing a that. tone lower and in a shit way. Right, and one night a year. Or however often you get to see Maiden. That would be the name of your bootleg album. Oh, Lord, in a shit way. No, <laughs> that's, that's when uh, in, the, in this new gaff where we have a basement, I'm going to get my man cave and start doing a following Mr. Steve Waddell's footsteps. And it'll be a tone lower and sound shit. And you know, in yeah, that was Maiden Belfast. Um, in a shit way, sorry. Yeah, no, the whole experience brilliant. And just to top it off, I missed my flight the next day. And was oh, yeah. in the bad books because I was meant to be home to a pregnant girl who just bought a house, and uh, I did not get up in time. I think I actually woke up in time. I just snoozed for two hours or something. We we all went. Oh back yeah, we to stayed the hotel. Yeah. So it was me, you, Elaine, Melissa, Andrew, and Chelsea. And Dubroy. God damn it, Dubroy. Dubroy. All went back to the hotel, but I don't. I don't know. I think Andrew and Chelsea were staying there. <clears throat> you yeah, weren't staying there. Oh, I definitely. 
Um, <laughs> definitely wasn't. And me and Elaine went to bed about midnight, so. And then, ironically, in the yourself? end, uh, the, the money I thought I was saving my not, not staying in the Titanic Hotel, I lost because I missed my fucking flight. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, so I uh, use, we all had the drinks here and great buzz after, but then you and Elaine, because you were up really early, you were up to go direct to Dublin Airport to fly to, fly to Copenhagen. Copenhagen. Mm. Or Copenhagen for Copenhagen. What a fucking two weeks. So, there you have it. That was the day we caught the train from Dublin to Belfast to see Iron Maiden in June 2022. That piece of audio was actually part of a longer conversation where we had planned to discuss some releases up to that point in 2022 and also planned to discuss the Copenhagen Festival, which we went to directly after Iron Maiden in Belfast. But that's the point where I abruptly cut off our conversation just there because, frankly, the remaining audio is drunken, unusable drivel. I was able to capture the best part of it and form it into an episode, but there's really nothing of any quality. And that's mainly my fault as I continued to take beers from my cooler beside me, as Kevin mentioned there on the call. And yeah, just descended into nonsense. Before I sign off, I would just like to thank again everybody who contacted me after my previous episode. Your words did really mean a lot to me, so I appreciate them. And they made me realize that doing this podcast is one of life's greatest joys. So on that note, That's going to do it for episode 67, but I'm not done for the year just yet. I have a couple more things up my sleeve to be released in December. Keep an eye out for those. Keep an ear out as well. Onwards and upwards. I've been your host, Fergal Trainer, and I'll see you next time. (laughs) 